the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to that show. Hasn't been funny in years. An SNL podcast. I'm your host, Nick DiGilio. I am a podcaster, comedy writer, and performer, graduate of Second City, a Saturday Night Live expert and historian. And each week we look back at everything SNL, the best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We will talk about full seasons and full casts, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much, much more. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't, but with every episode, I will always prove that that tired old cliche that you hear all the time, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. And I do have a guest on this episode, and I'm unbelievably excited to welcome an Emmy-winning director to the podcast, uh, he started out doing video shorts uh, on Funny or Die, some really classic and very funny video shorts. He's moved on to do an episodic TV. He's done episodes of Bupkis and Keenan and AP Bio and so many other TV shows. Um, and over the years, he has worked on more than 50 episodes of Saturday Night Live. Uh, he was a very, uh, very popular uh, behind-the-scenes guy at SNL for over a decade. He directed the Emmy-winning show Creating Saturday Night Live, which documents the making of America's most iconic sketch comedy TV series. And in 2019, he won a primetime Emmy for that show, Creating SNL. He directed a bunch of background things and film things. He worked in the film department on SNL, making all those great short films. And his great uh, uh, series has won an Emmy. And he has a new movie out, a feature film, which I've seen, and it's terrific. And it's wonderful, creative, and funny, and warm, and hilarious, and really original and lovely movie called Miguel Wants to Fight. It premieres on Hulu on August 16th. And the director of that show, uh, those shows, and that film joins me now for That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, a veteran of Saturday Night Live, and an Emmy winner. I'd like to welcome to the podcast, Oz Rodriguez. Thank you for having me. It's very no, it's exciting. My, it's my pleasure, man. Uh, I'm a big fan of, uh, of of Saturday Night Live. Big fan of your work as well, and uh, and I and I'm I'm glad that you were able to take the time to do this. I know it's busy when you're doing, you know, like because we, we got you on press day, and press day is when you go back and forth with a bunch of people. Do you, do you enjoy doing the press day stuff, Oz? It's important to hydrate. That's the that's the main thing. So <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's exciting to tell people about the movie and uh, to get it out there. So um, yeah, as long as I drink enough water, uh, I'm all good. Okay, cool. Well, th thank you for being on this podcast. It's specifically about SNL. Um, I've been a fan forever, and I just wanted to say that I loved your work on SNL. I loved creating SNL, and I think uh, the stuff that you did was fantastic. And also, we'll get to it in a little bit, but man, congratulations on Miguel Wants to Fight. What a terrific movie it is, man. It really is good. Oh, thank you so much. Really yeah. appreciate that. August 16th on Hulu, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but I wanted to get back yeah. to the beginning. How did you start um, getting into film, and then eventually, how did you end up like doing comedy, sketch comedy, and and then you know, I, I remember I remember your stuff going all the way back to Funny or Die. So tell me about the beginning, how you how you how you jumped into it all. Um, I'm from the Dominican Republic and wanted to be a director, so went to moved to LA to go to film school, LA Film School, and. Um, you know, it was a year program and did that. And then at the end thought Hollywood was going to just welcome me in, but that didn't happen. <laughs> right. So uh, I started making sketches with, uh, with friends and we put them online at first. And then um, our first one was called Tuesday afternoon orgy. And it's about this guy who was so bad at the orgy part that they kick him out. Um, <laughs> okay. And then uh, that led to this website called Super Deluxe the, that was uh, similar to Funny or Die. They were doing sketches online. This is very like ancient times. So like they, they couldn't monetize it. Uh, so they actually had to close after a year. Um, and then, uh, then I ended up working at Funny or Die. And that was like 
almost like a new film school. It was my first uh, working experience with uh, celebrities of all kinds, from A to D list, uh, for sure. Yeah, uh, I remember one week you working with like John Goslin from John and Kate Plus Eight. And then, uh, and then ended that week with working with Tim Roth on something. So. Oh my god, that's yeah. jarring. That is certainly it, jarring, man. <laughs> yeah, really, really wild experience. But uh, it was like a, a, a good training ground for for SNL. So I was there, Funny or Die, for like three year, three and a half years, um, and then um, and then went to SNL with my friend Matt. And uh, yeah, that changed my life. <laughs> So funny or die. Um, let's, let's talk about that because because that really became. I mean, you know, uh, at the at, not the, really the beginning, but there was a moment in time in the early uh, like two thousands and kind of into the mid two thousands when those kind of websites really started to take off, and the whole YouTube thing started to take off. And uh, was that around the time period when you joined in? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I uh, I think it was uh, maybe a year or two old already. The the the, the landlord had already happened. Um, oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. But it was like growing, and I mean, I remember when I worked there, we changed buildings like three times or something. Oh like, no, it kidding! Just, it just kept growing and growing. What are some of your? What was that atmosphere like? Would would people pitch stuff to you? Would you pitch stuff? What was the writing before you started actually doing the work of filming it and casting it and stuff like that? Where did the ideas come from? And the stories and did did you pitch? Did you have writers? How'd that work? Um. So. Uh, yes, there were, there was a group of writers, uh, and then Matt and myself, uh, we were, uh, mainly directors. And when we would have some weird idea, um, we would pitch it and they would let us do it, especially if it was something cheap. Like we had an idea called Bridges on Bridges and it was a show about bridges narrated by Bo Bridges <laughs> and we got Bo Bridges. <laughs> uh, Wait, I'm sorry. How do you get Bo Bridges for that? Tell me, how, what's the pitch? How do you pitch Bo Bridges on Bridges on Bridges? <laughs> well, at this point, all these people are doing like internet videos. It's like you were saying at the, a second ago, like it, it's just a thing that's happening. People are, are, are liking that you could do something over an afternoon and, and yeah. some of them were getting millions of views and Funny or Die at this point had a name. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I think the producers would approach the actors and then you have a conversation and you pitch this idea and sometimes, most of the times they didn't work, uh, but sometimes <laughs> they said yes. <laughs> uh, so, okay, so you, you come up with that, you guys come up with, so, so I love the fact that you were, did you guys just try to come up with the weirdest shit? Was it like, let's, let's see how far, how, how, how strange can we get? How much weird shit can we do? And they okay it. Did you ever try that? You know, it, it's it, sometimes yes, and yeah. sometimes it's just like in jokes that you have with your friends for years. Yeah. That. Uh, yeah. And then sometimes it's like people you want to work with. Like we did this thing with John Carpenter just because we wanted to meet him, and we did all these Halloween videos, yep. and he came to the to the office and and played the organ. So yep. sometimes it was just an excuse to meet someone amazing. Right. And That's by the way, Oz. Um, he's my favorite filmmaker on the planet, and um, and I saw those I saw those shorts, and they're great. And the fact that you got him because he's a curmudgeon, as you probably know, he's a bit of oh a- yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Well, that's cool that you got him. So that's cool, man. It's like, ah, oh, you know what? I want to meet John Carpenter. Let's do that. That's great, man. That's great. Yeah. And then sometimes like it would be where like some celebrity wants to do a thing and then people have to figure out what, what the right thing for that person is. So mm-hmm. okay, cool. all, all kinds of weird things. What are some of your favorite ones that came out of Funny or Die besides the Carpenter stuff? Uh, well, we did Little Drummer Boy <laughs> with, uh, you know, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. <laughs> that right. was Right. That was pretty great. Um, yeah. I think, uh, and then the Tim Roth one, going back to that one, that yeah. was like, that was special because that was like the first one that that we did where uh, we were really happy with it. But also like, I think people in the office were like, oh, it was, it, it, like, I felt like it brought us job security for sure. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. So when the, when, you know, when Funny or Die started to take off and you were there, I mean, I, I remember, I mean, cause it snowballed, man, especially after Landlord, like it snowballed. And like, I remember back in the early days of that kind of stuff, you would go to like a websites like College Humor and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And they would have all these mm-hmm. dumb videos that you would watch. But there was always something a little bit better about Funny or Die. Cause even if they were cheap, there was some sort of production value to everything, you know, and there was an originality to it. 
and it set it apart. And it didn't. And it didn't hurt that Will Ferrell and those guys were behind it. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that didn't hurt. But what? Uh, when, so when the things started to take off for you were, you, were you getting offers from other people? Were things starting to roll? Um. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah. Definitely. You know, got agents and uh, the team and all that. So that definitely came from Funny or Die. Um. And that our like our first tv thing we did a thing for uh adult swim an episode of news readers so that was like mm-hmm. technically the first episode of tv that uh that i worked on so that was um yeah it definitely started roll get things started happening and i think yeah. like it's in la there were so many like important people around that website that had all these dumb jokes but like that means something so like yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we got noticed and had a team and that started getting sort of offers for movies and stuff. And um, um, yeah, then one day got a call to have a meeting to work at SNL. Yeah. Well, first of all, before we get to that, I always ask my guests who I have on this podcast their personal experience with SNL. Um, I'm old enough to have remembered the very first episode in October of 19. 19- um, 1975. I watched it. I was 10. George Carlin was the host. And I've watched every episode. I'm not kidding, Oz. I've watched every episode since. If I miss them, I tape them or I DVR them nowadays. And uh, and I've, I'm a, a student of SNL and I was obsessed from the beginning. How did it start with you? Who, you know, do you remember watching SNL? Your introduction as just a viewer, what was it for you? Um, yeah, I, I have an interesting uh, way into it because i i'm not from here i'm from yeah. the dominican, dominican republic right but in the dr we had the um you know the 80s and 90s we had we had cable and cable was like <laughs> this like there was a company that provided cable but it was a uh, probably a lot of it was stolen but it's just like a, a <laughs> mishmash of, ca- of 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 channels so like we had hbo it was amazing and yeah we also had wgn yeah, I used to work for those Chicago. guys. I worked for those guys for 36 years. I was at, on their radio station. I was on WGN. Yeah, so yeah. the DR knows who Harry Carey is and, and <laughs> has seen the the Bulls parade. And right. we oh, also yeah. had Spanish television, which was amazing. Um, so it was a real mishmash. But we also had um, – you had the NBC uh, channel from the local station from Miami or whatever that is. Um, but not Fox. I, I don't – I don't, I didn't see the Simpsons growing up, so I don't have, oh, no. have a, like, I know it now, but I don't have yeah. it. Like, I don't know like every reference. No, no married with children. You didn't get to do married no with married children. with children. Uh, okay. None of that. No, okay. no, no America's X-Files. most wanted. <laughs> no X-Files on Twin Peaks. But I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I don't, uh, that I, I came to SNL uh, or maybe the first one I remember I came to it maybe more through the music. Nirvana was playing. Um, I might have seen an episode before, but I, that's the one I kind of remember. Um, yeah. And that was sort of the gateway into that show. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, because I, 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 as soon as Nirvana played, I remember Pearl Jam played soon after. And then, um, and then it was just a show that I would tune into from the Caribbean. Right. And I never, never, ever... My dream was to one day go. That's as far as my dream. Just was. to watch, the, I, just to be there for a live taping. Yeah, just to be there because yeah. I didn't even know that what I ended up doing was like a thing that you could do. Right, right. So yeah, it was it was this this. Um, I've always been connected to the show, and like it, it was a way to to be sort of connected to American culture and know what's happening here, and always the I always loved the aspect of the show is like comedy plus great music. So when the music brought you in, like, by the way, the episode that you got sucked into, Rob Morrow hosted. I just thought I'd let you know that. Um, <laughs> so I know I only remember Nirvana. Right. No, I understand. I don't blame and I don't blame you for not remembering Rob Morrow, quite frankly. But um, but Nirvana brought you in. The music brought you in. So culturally, when you're watching something like this, how much of it did you get? How much of it did you go? What the hell are they talking about? What was it like from your point of view watching something that's so very American? Um. Yeah, I think some things land, some things don't. But like the U.S. has a lot of power outside of or uh, the U.S. Um, as far as like the on the microphone. So sure, like, sure, sure. The whole world is kind of up to date with a lot of shit that goes down here. So yeah, yeah. Um, some of the politics stuff was like I didn't really know, but I do remember 
I had a, a an uncle that lived in D.C. and I went to visit him one after one uh, summer, and I went to I don't know if it was the Capitol or the White House, probably the Capitol. And Bob Dole was there, and he was just like taking pictures and stuff. And I knew who he was, and right. it was because of Norm Macdonald, right? And that's a no. And like I don't fucking like Bob Dole had no connection to the Dominican Republic, but that right. is definitely right. I knew him because of SNL. Because of Norm's, uh, it's, it's impre- I love Norm's impression of, uh, of Bob Dole. It's fantastic. So good. It's so good. Um, so did you have favorite cast members when you were growing up? Were, were there people that stood out for you um, uh, in, in the SNL cast? Uh, definitely Will Ferrell. I, so I came into it, I, like I was saying, through the music. Right. Um, but I think in when they started, I think that's that's where I – or in 95 when he started in that sort of turnover. I think that's yeah. – you know how everybody has a the cast that yes. they identify yes. with. I Absolutely. feel like that's when that's that's I he's so, the dude. For right me. around and then that. Also, yeah. I ended up sort of working for him, so um, he has been important. To of me. course, of course. And if you don't say Will Ferrell, you're going to be in trouble. No, I'm kidding. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about what it was like to work on the show. Now, you know, um, the the pre film stuff, the pre tape stuff, uh, to me is astonishing. Um, just in terms of turnaround and, and, you know, people who regularly listen to this podcast, I've talked about what it's like, or, or not talked about what it's cause I, I don't know the experience, but any, anytime I've interviewed anybody or talk about the show, that work week is insane. You walk in there on Monday and you have nothing and you're doing a 90 minute live show on Saturday and anybody who bitches about the show, you know, Oh, it's, it's not as funny as it should, but you walk into your work on a Monday. Okay. And don't sleep the whole week and come up with something, you know, on live television. That to me is an unbelievable challenge. Um, but the thing that that you throw in there are these pre-filmed tapes, you know, these these filmed segments, and I find the turnaround to be amazing, the quality to be unbelievable in that short amount of time. When you got in there, were you like, oh man, this was what was what what was it like to have that work challenge that week? You got an idea thrown at you, and like a day and a half later, you got to have something done. How was that for you? Terrifying. <laughs> uh, all right there you go yeah uh to say the least uh so many <laughs> terrifying would definitely wrap it up into one word um i mean it's such a first of all it's such a change um to you know we i was living in los angeles and then all of a sudden i'm in new york yeah. living out of a hotel for the first month and um but it, everything moves so fast that you don't you kind of don't have a lot of time to, to think about it uh and definitely the funnier die uh, experience helped because we we had uh, a delivery that was a little that was we had to turn around like maybe in a week not necessarily in two days but yeah you you there, I had some experience with that um, but yeah man it was really that first week was is so crazy and intense because you're you're a walking into legendary. Eight eight. So you're like, that's the first thing you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah. And then you're yeah. like, oh, it's uh, smaller than I thought. Uh, you know, yeah. I thought it was big. I thought it'd be bigger. Yeah. Um, and then you're meeting all these people, and um, think uh, I think the for um for directors, uh, it's definitely something that I experienced. They they the first week they don't give you like the insane music video with twenty locations. They give you something, um, something easy. <laughs> Okay. Gotcha. Uh, or like maybe just the promo because like it is, it is wild. So like the, the show does want you to succeed. So they like set you up with something to like, you know, start hitting the runway with, but not necessarily something crazy. Right. Um, but we ended up doing two pre-tapes that first week we did. I remember our first week was uh, Seth McFarlane, McFarlane, oh, oh, yeah. uh, okay. Frank Ocean uh, show. Mm-hmm. And, um, on Thursday night, we did a, a, a pre-tape uh, called like Republican National Convention cutaway <laughs> shots or something. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. crowd shots. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then Friday, we did uh, Eastwood and Chair. Um, so the Republican one we shot in 30 Rock and then Eastwood and Chair we shot in the some like NYU theater. I forget the name. Yeah. But they were very like low key, not crazy, uh, not crazy like uh, shoots. And right. So just tip, tipping, tipping yeah. your toes in, dipping your toes in. Yeah. 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 Eastwood and Chair is technically the first one that we did because that's the first one that aired. The other gotcha. one got held back for like the weekend update shows. But 
Um, yeah, it was, it was an easy ish task, but it's still like, you know, Seth, Seth wrote that one and then, you know, Bill Hader, it was his last year. So, you know, you had seen him on TV be incredible for seven years. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden you're like, well, can we do that again? Uh, uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bill Hader. That take wasn't good enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Oh, man. Well, okay. So, so insane. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, who, who are some of your favorite, uh, you know, I read uh, that you that you enjoyed uh, working with people like, uh, well, like Emma Stone, uh, I, I heard was one of your favorites. And she's fantastic on SNL when she hosts. She's amazing. What was it like to work with her? Oh, man, she was so uh, she was great. Very wonderful person. Um, um, lovely to work with. Um, but I uh, that 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 piece we did written by Julio Torres um she uh i remember a moment where she comes in and i remember after saying cut that i remember like well that is an oscar-winning performer right there it was just like her level of commitment and performance yeah. was so incredible yeah for uh you know sketch comedy and it, it was just it, it was incredible to see such talent uh and such commitment for yeah. some silly jokes. So it, it was it was a pleasure to see. Like that is the amazing thing about SNL that these like le- like really amazing talented people, like next level talent actors at least, uh, come and like when they come in, it's incredible because like yeah. <laughs> you see their performance and you're able to like be there in that room on something so silly. It's awesome. Now the uh, you know when you were do- when you came in and started doing the pre tapes, um, uh, where at that point where were the Lonely Island guys? at that point so um they had just left um right. and we got hired um to be directors uh so it, that because the lonely Anna had, had left that digital short uh, uh spot that was always theirs um was open to right. anyone right. to, to right. all the writers so it was exciting to the writers because now anyone could have a shot at that at that um opportunity and and you know, it could it could be a short film or like something like Twin Bed, with you know women doing the music video um, yeah, or, yeah, or leading yeah. the song. Um, yeah. So yeah, it just it just sort of opened it up to everyone, and that was great to me as far as like getting to do different things every week. And uh, so yeah, you know, uh, the, the, I remember I remember I was talking. I interviewed someone here, uh, someone that who I used to work with was a producer of my radio show, and I interviewed him, and he's young. He's twenty eight, twenty nine. Um, and like his exposure to SNL, when I asked people what their exposure was, his exposure was, uh, was lazy Sunday. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot, I think that was a, that was a game changer for a lot of people. Like what suddenly it was like, okay, you know, and I know at first I know I heard that Lauren was like, no, I don't want to NBC was like, no, we're not going to show this stuff for free. You know, we're not going to do this. And then, then when they realized how many people are going to be watching it now, of course, you know, I watch the show live an hour into it. The sketches are now available. You can just watch them almost immediately after they're shown. Um, and that change happened. But the Lonely Island guys kind of changed that whole thing, you know, opened the door for for a lot of the pre-taped stuff to be, you know, to be viable. Yeah, I mean, uh, for sure. I think there, there's always been a film unit, as you know, um, yeah. and there's always been film pieces, but they they brought a different approach and um, it became really popular. And I think because of them now there's three directors at SNL and sometimes there's three videos. And, um, and then when I came in, they had done so much and at a really high level. So you had to match that high level. Yeah. So, yeah. And then that's the thing with SNL. Every time you deliver a miracle, they're <laughs> like, well, that, well that happened. You can do it yeah. again. Right. That's great, man. <laughs> what are some of your favorite, what are some of your favorite uh, uh, pre-tapes that you've done and some of your favorite people that you've worked with? Just, just to get, get that, get some of those. Oh man. So many. I think uh, uh, the actress we mentioned already, um, Sad Mouse was uh, one mm. of my uh, all time favorites too um, mm-hmm. with Bruno Mars and that, that yeah. was the beginning of. Uh, boy, what, a, what, a, a, boy, did that guy turn out to be unbelievable. Like I, I you know, I mean, what an episode yeah. when that guy first came on. I'm like, man, how, how what can't this guy do? <laughs> like, yeah. seriously, amazing. Do you remember the Pandora sketch, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, I mean, then yeah, Ariana was... Grande did that one, too. She did a, a similar one to yeah. that, too. But, man, the, the one with Bruno was unbelievable, man. I mean. Yeah. So so that was my fifth sketch. And, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I, sorry, my fifth show. Sorry. Fifth show. Yeah, uh, fifth show. Yeah. And I, uh, 
I think we played after Pandora, and I was like, man, I don't know. This is oh, something. you followed that. Oh, shit. I, I, I think so. I don't remember <laughs> oh, if it was a dresser or anything, but I was like, man, this is like bringing the house down. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that was a really that was a really special night. Um, and from the first year, also, Daryl's house was really, really, really oh, special. Yeah. Uh, uh, just like pulling that off on, on the air. And yeah. um, uh, twin bed was super special. Um, I love working with all that whole team. Yeah. Um, and I've done a bunch of stuff with 80 too. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, now, it was the, was the most yeah. was the most sort of like a challenging one of the most expensive one that I've heard is the one that you guys did uh, with Kelly Wise, which is one of the most brilliant I think one of the most brilliant pre tapes I've seen. And of course, Kate McKinnon, my God, I mean she's just ridiculous, so talented. And I understand that that one was kind of a, that was a challenge for you that one. Oh yeah, um, yeah. So um, that was I believe it was twenty two hours maybe. Um, oh man. So Friday into oh. Saturday morning. Oh my God. Oh man. And uh I don't even know where to start in all the challenges, but that uh I think we're all sort of masochists and dead inside and we just want the challenge when you're at SNL. You're like yeah. I think part of part of the job or at least my my approach was like, we can do this. Fuck it, we can. Let's figure yeah. it out. Yeah. So like just to start with Kate, like I think she played like three different characters or for versions of like Kelly was is Hillary, I believe, and then like demonic. Uh, right. You know, so that involves hair, makeup. And by the way, for people turmoil. who don't know, he, she's playing Kelly. The, the, it was like a, it was a combination Kellyanne. It was a uh, it was a Kellyanne um, uh, Conway uh, takeoff, but it was also like a takeoff of it, where she would become Pennywise, and that's where the whole thing came up. Uh, just so people can get a grip on what we're talking about here. But go ahead, man. Yeah, so so we're referencing that 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 iconic scene in It where the the paper boat goes into into not the sewer. I forgot the right word for that, but um, it's sewer. We'll just say the, sewer. Everybody knows what it the is. The grate, the sewer. Great, yeah, the sewer grate, um, the sidewalk curb grate thing. Yeah, yeah, that. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> and then like you know, the first question is like, how do we shoot this? So yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we have an amazing art department team. That right. They, they, they are truly inc incredible, but that, that was, that was a really fun one to sort of figure out. So we built this set uh, on stage where we sort of had a platform or an elevated platform where the cast could stand underneath the thing. Um, so we were shooting into the sewer and we had running water. So you had to have like a pool underneath it. Oh, um, and then hours later, we shot the reverse of Alex Moffat outside with oh. rain towers. Oh, and he's acting either to me or I don't know if Kate was around by that time. Yeah. Uh, so it, it was a massive undertaking because we had to like have track that we had shot oh, hours before. Man. <laughs> And then people like poor Alex, like was there in the morning when he did the Anderson Cooper, but then we needed him at night. So he would shoot in the morning, get into all that look and then take all that off, go to the sound to, to 30 rock to block for the live show. Yeah. And then he came back at night yeah. to shoot. Jesus, man, that is amazing. Okay. So what's it like though? Like now during the live show, are you in the studio? Are you watching all the stuff happen? And, and if so, like when you're, when your pre-tape comes on and it kills, is that like the most gratifying thing ever, especially something that took that long? So um, I had an office and that's where we edit it. So um, you're editing up until the last moment and then you have to go to sound to mix it. So you're trying to, you know, maximize your time as much yeah. as you can. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes like there's mir mir there were miraculous nights where you sort of were ahead of it and you could just chill. But um, I usually would like to go to the to the floor and see how the piece played. Right. Um, uh, I remember the first like twin bed was like a really big reaction that was really. Uh, I remember that that was really yeah. fun and special. Yeah. So yeah, I would either go. Yeah, I would. I would try to be on the floor and see it, and then I would go back to my room, um, or I would just hang out and and see the music. But you know, it's a tiny space, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. Just, be around all the time, but uh, yeah. I I wanted to see it on the floor if I could, yeah. and I always liked I always always tried to see the music. Uh, I, yeah. I think like going back to how I got into SNL, exactly. Yeah, it was so special to see these performers, these amazing 
legends uh, right there in front of your face. Yeah, it's amazing. Okay, uh, and some, I want to and sometimes work with them. Oh yeah, you of course you got to do some pre tape. Is there were there any music people that you were particularly thrilled about uh, being doing a film with? Um, well, Bruno again, Bruno yep, Mars, Bruno amazing. Mars, yep. uh, Drake was hilarious oh, yeah. and so pro. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then just fanboy, I got to interview Dave Grohl for creating SNL, and that was yeah. that was pretty cool. Well, let's now you mentioned it, and I, I want to get to it because I I, I definitely I, I got to get I want to get to your movie, um, uh, because I loved it so much, man. Uh, Miguel wants Thank to fight you. again. Hulu, August sixteenth. Please, everybody yeah, yeah. check it out. Let's uh, do it. But uh, creating Saturday Night Live, Emmy winning, by the way, creating Saturday yeah. Night Live. How did that all begin? And tell me a little bit about what it was like to to do this really and I watched them you know I mean being the freak that I am Oz I just was I ate these things up man completely <laughs> um so awesome. tell me how it started tell me how it started and and uh and what it was like to work on that on that uh, on that uh, ser- that web series I think it started from like just showing up the first day and seeing the support that I had as far as like the amazing people that were working behind the scenes and just like these legendary artists that that work in these departments that haven't that i felt like weren't celebrated in in the documentaries about snl that you see like that those usually are about the history and lorne and the cast and the writers if you're lucky but like the makeup and art department and costumes and hair department and um you know, even Mary Ellen, the photography, just everyone is such, um, such a incredibly talented crafts person um, that I, I, I felt like we, I don't know, I felt like that should be shown, should be shared. My sense of awe and wonder with these people, I felt like had to be seen. And yeah. like, or like the people in the control room, like that is an insane job. And I just like, it felt like something that needed to be seen. Yeah. And it kind of came from that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I found it, to, I, I thought it was wonderful because like, and you're right. Cause all of the other sort of things that you, that you would see like behind the scenes stuff, they were all sort of repetitive and, and things like that, but you dove in man. And it was, and it was really, really great. Did the people um, who you were documenting as part of that series, did they appreciate it? Were they like, Oh, well, now finally people are kind of giving us the, you know, the recognition that we pretty much have deserved since 1975 <laughs> or were people happy about that? Yeah, I think everybody appreciated it for sure because like it shows um um like even the crane dudes like just yeah, like yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, and a lot of these people have been there for decades. Um and it shows how hard their job is and also explains what their job is to people cuz like it's something that everybody in the entertainment business sometimes struggles with because it's not like a regular job. Uh so, you know, you're like, I'm a producer. What does that mean? <laughs> you know, right. I, I'm a crane operator. Uh, right. You know, like what? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely think it, it, it um, uh, people appreciated it and, uh, and, and appreciated how hard they work. Yeah. And all these years, I've actually never gone to, uh, to a live taping. I've never gone to, I don't, I, it just makes me crazy. But when I see stuff like that, then I get a taste of what it must be like to, cause you know, knowing what it goes, what, what goes on behind the scenes and how incredibly crazy and getting, just getting people from one set to the next and from one costume to another, that alone is insane. But then all the technical aspects that go into making this thing, um, you know, as seamless as possible, it's incredible what goes into this every week. Um, it's, you know, and to, you know, to have that documented, I think is really great, man. And very important. And I think what you did was fantastic and you, you earned that Emmy for sure. No question about it. Thank you very much. I, I really appreciate it. I, I it, it's to, to, to this day still blows my mind. Cause like, you know, COVID hit and they had to like adjust yeah. again and, yeah. um, and it just sort of keeps reinventing itself. And, uh, keeps getting bigger somehow and the the, but the building doesn't get bigger so (laughs) (laughs) that's the problem right the building does not get bigger you're right okay i I could talk about snl all uh all day long but i want to get to your movie man because it's so good Uh, it's on hulu starting on august 16th um and it's called miguel wants to fight um i just want to say man i loved it i thought it was sweet i thought it was funny i thought your four leads your your young your young leads were unbelievable um, the chemistry that they had, the story that was being told, it was funny. You got to mess around with a lot of genres and do a lot of fantasy sequences and, you know, do a lot of homages to a lot of great movies. The Enter the Dragon stuff destroyed me, man. And um, 
And I thought like, you know, uh, it just, and it tells a really life affirming story and really funny and very, I think, um, you know, a, a, a great movie about like uh, ethnicity and, and relationships that people have. And, and, and I just thought all encompassing, not only really entertaining, but really joyful and a wonderful film um, and fucking hilarious on top of it. Um, first of all, tell everybody about Miguel Wants to Fight. Thank you very much, man. I uh, I gotta take you around. To, to, that was a beautiful intro. Um, well, no, I mean I love the movie, man. It may, I mean I just oh, I man, thought it was just great. I, really I appreciate it, was it. Just great, yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, Miguel wants to fight. Is a, um, immediately I, I I connected to it just on the title because Miguel that right. means it's gonna be a Latino boy as the hero, right? right. Which is always something I'm looking for uh, in, in stories because uh, we. We don't have enough of them. Um, and then reading it and getting into it and, um, you know, Shay and Jason, the writers really wrote some really hilarious uh, 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 scenes, but also had some really lived in really nice and human characters and showed Latinos in a different way that I haven't really seen. And not just because they get to kick ass on, on the screen, but like, yeah. you know, the way uh, I, the the way the dad just wants Miguel to sort of be himself, to be to be his natural self. He doesn't have to pursue fighting. He could just be himself, and that is okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So all those things appealed to me, but like Miguel, I have never been in a fight, and like Miguel, I love action movies. So mm-hmm. it was just a done deal when yeah. <laughs> those yeah. when those fantasies uh, started happening. I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just love, I mean, I love that. And all that stuff is really great. And, and, and I think your experience, you know, working on those sketch comedy pieces really popped out in those fantasy moments. You know what I mean? Like those moments where you were able to just like cut the fuck loose and it Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, yeah, clearly this guy had so much fun doing the stuff at Funny or Die and doing the stuff, you know, the SNL stuff that you were able to take these fantasy sequences and really run with them. Um, And I mentioned the Enter the Dragon, but that's not just the only movie that you guys pay tribute to in it. And and what were some of your favorite moments that you got to do while making the movie where you're like, man, I love this movie. Let's just do that. Um, well, uh, yeah, I mean, to, gonna, to go back a little bit to what you said, uh, definitely the funnier die to then SNL sort of parody training was super helpful on how to like recreate some of these moments as, as faithfully as we could or, or reinterpret them as, as we could while still keeping the same vibe and essence. Um, so for me, I like we discussed. I have this this uh, experience with, with with comedy, this history, but yeah. I'd never shot any fighting, or any action. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. I dove in, man. I like uh, talked to a bunch of stunt performers. I was reading interviews of of Chad Stahelski, the director of John Wick, and just yeah. trying to learn yeah. how action is shot because it's very different than shooting jokes, uh, shooting a, a gag. Um, so yeah, I, I, I felt really comfortable about the jokes. I'm like, I think I can figure out some boner material, but <laughs> I just want to make sure yeah. that we nail these jokes, these, these action scenes. So I found Chris Cohen, uh, online on YouTube. He became the second unit director and he has experience with action. And we started shooting these scenes in the park just so we could fuck around and, and for cheap and, yeah, yeah. um, and then once we had these fight scenes, um, you know, kind of using the prep, almost army drill mentality of like yeah. being as prepared as you can because, uh, you know, we didn't have the money of SNL, um, but we we had sort of the the shortness of time that SNL has. We basically yeah. had 24 SNL days. So yeah. being prepared and having a plan really helped. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think the action scenes were were was was a really joy was was a joy to do because I yeah. it's something I never done and I really went all in to do that. In. Well, they they're great, man. They work perfectly. I mean, really beautifully. Thanks. Man. One Thanks. of the things that I love most about the movie, though, are are your four leads um, and the chemistry that they had. Can we talk about how you got these people? How you got these kids? And I sound like an old man saying that, but um, and the chemistry between them. What was the casting like? And man, because I'll tell you something, those were the four. Those four together unbelievable man and and so can you tell me about how the mix and match happened when you were casting uh 
Um, well, first of all, very, very happy you said that. And um, I agree. I think they're amazing. I love well, them. Well, to me, that's the, key, that's the key to the movie are those four kids. That's the key to the movie. That's it. They, yeah. they, exactly. Those are, those are the four kids. And that's, that's how we started. Those are the first people we cast and um, kind of looked all over the world. And, um, you know, it was really exciting when we would find each individual and how they would play the scene, too, because like Miguel, Tyler sort of brought his own version to Miguel where he has this confidence to not really wanting to fight. Yeah. And um, so it was really exciting to see him on an individual basis. Um, and then Imani, who plays Cass, I had worked with before on Vampires, so I yeah. knew she was going to kill it. Mm-hmm. But the real sort of challenge was like the chemistry of them all. So, you know, they in the movie, they have been lifelong friends. They're 17, uh, very short life, but they have right. known each other right. uh, their whole life and have seen each other every day. So uh, how do you communicate that on screen? And um, so we were still doing this at, at, you know, the tail end of intense pandemic days. Um, so the casting had to be done through Zoom. So we had to do these chemistry reads on Zoom. Wow. Man. So, so uh, we have these four actors, uh, you know, at the mercy of internet connection. Um, right, man. And you're sort of seeing what the vibe is. And like, even in that form, which is like a little stunted and not really the thing, you could tell like, oh, this group of people feels like, feels right. Yeah. And, you know, as soon as we land in Syracuse, I was like, well, there's nothing to do, so we got to hang every day. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I just encouraged uh, – would have screenings and just, like, just encouraged them hanging out so that when it was on screen, it did feel like – felt like a, a lived-in experience or lived-in yeah. relationship. And, like, you know, they came up with their own handshakes and stuff like that and inside jokes. So, yeah, it's something we really worked hard on, so I'm glad you feel that way. No, well, they felt like best friends. They did the four of them, and the and the you know the dynamic between the two and the crush, you know, between the two, uh, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. thought was lovely. And the and the and the and the two lead guys, their relationship and their father issues was really beautifully handled. Um, and and like and and again, as a, I'm a white boy, you know, I'm an old guy, but I'm a white boy, and to see this story being told from that point of view. Um, a point of view that I'm not familiar with growing up the way I grew up. Uh, it was refreshing and honest, and I think a lot of people are going to watch it and learn from it and uh, and see a life that they maybe aren't familiar with. I certainly wasn't, and I found it educational uh, in that regard. Um, and I just, I, you know, everything about the movie, man, I loved it. I just loved everything about it. Um, so, so you got the four kids, and then, you know, uh, uh, you know after you cast them, uh, what was it like to work with them? And I, you know, had, had they done a lot? You worked with you worked with her before in, in Vampires, but the uh, but the other guys. Did you? What was it like to work with those guys for the first time, young guys? Um, well, to sort of go back to what you said before, I, I'm happy you had that experience, and I think like I think that with specificity comes like universal universality or something. I understand. <laughs> there's, what you, a, yeah. there's a word there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 But yeah, I think uh, uh, it might be a different set of circumstances and different sort of world, but like, you know, we all sort of go through the same. Oh no, it's completely, it's completely universal, man. And, as, um, as a, as a coming of age movie, it is a quintessential, beautiful, identifiable coming of age movie, no matter who you are or where you come from. That's yeah. And that's, yeah. that's uh no, no, I'm saying that's, that's exciting. And that's, um, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, that's what you strive for to like to to be specific in in how you're describing a, a or, or visualizing a, a world, but try to make it something that anyone could connect to. Because like you know, I grew up in the DR and I was connecting to the Goonies and still you know, right. I, that was, <laughs> uh, that yeah, was very uh, different yeah. to my experience. Oh, completely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so sorry. Go, going back to the actors, um, you know, I I love them uh, because this movie. It, like we did all that casting, the chemistry read, all that was cool. But then I was like, oh, and also we have to train for these fights. Right. <laughs> so right. they committed to that and they were really excited to get it right. And like, and they wanted to do as many stunts as they could. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I really, really appreciate the hard work they, they put in, especially Tyler, because I think he started, you know, he put in like almost two months uh, of training for, for the movie. and, and Yeah. That's a lot of stretching. Yeah. And um, that's a lot so, of yeah, stretching. <laughs> I uh, I really appreciate what they did. And, and you know, and talking about Imani too, she 
had yeah. some screen fighting experience. So she was actually good. She was like, first day, Stunt Coordinator was like, oh, she's fine. She knows how to do it. We're good. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The other guys I got to work with, but she's good. Yeah, she's good. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 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 quickly, I do want to mention uh, Dasha Polanco, who I just love. I love her and everything she does. She's spectacular in this as the cool teacher. Um, oh, thank uh, you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, tell tell me how you got how you got her to get, to, to get into this thing. So, um, tr- uh, sent a text message. <laughs> oh no, shit! Really, you just I'm going to text you. You want to be in this movie? Yeah. I. <laughs> truly, it's nice to yeah. it's, not, it's nice to have access to people like that. Well, shit! I'll just text them. That's cool. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, she's she's Dominican. Um, right. And we had met before and really wanted to work uh, with each other. And um, <laughs> I had to send the text and be like, I know you wanted to work. I don't know if it'll make sense when you read the script. I don't know if this is the ideal circumstance. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but she was so game and she came up to Syracuse for a few days and um, did me a favor and really, really appreciate it. And yeah. uh, she's awesome and wonderful. And I can't wait to do more things with her. I think. Um, how long you said awesome. you, 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 shot, you shot the whole thing in Syracuse and how long was the shoot? We shot for 24 days, and three of those days were uh, we had to do the action in three days. So, oh, come on, man. Really? Yeah. Three days? Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. That's not well, a challenge. Well, I mean, the, the, big, the big scenes we did Bruce Lee one day, Matrix one day, and then uh, the locker room one day. Yeah. But then okay. there was a day of like the sword fight and then some other shit. Or like the park and fight yeah. and some other dialogue scenes. So it yeah. was it was pretty loco. Like 20, truly the SNL experience yeah. is the only way I survived. This. I was just gonna say, man, twenty four days and do the kind of technical stuff that you had to do and do those fights in three days. Uh, you must have been really while you were making the movie, you're like, God damn, thank God I did some of that SNL stuff, man. That must have been like you must have been happy about that. I felt like I used those that part of my brain every day. I, yeah. That, because it, it is uh, a lot of uh, a lot of it is problem solving, and because shit goes down every day, something goes yeah. wrong. Yeah, and like I said, like I said before, it's still COVID time, so like we were dropping people every day. Someone freaking getting COVID. I don't know how I didn't get that thing that on. Um, you avoided the shoot. it, huh? You got it. so did somehow any of, I avoided did it, it during the shoot. So but, but and, and a the lot actors of, and the actors did too, but your t- yeah. but a lot of your crew came down with it. The so, people were going down with it, yeah. Oh, man. So, like, masks everywhere before. And then, okay, action, mask off, that kind of thing. Yeah, and uh, I, I think also, um, so I think this was, like, maybe season three or season two and a half of, of COVID as far as, like, season. when we were shooting. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. It, was, it got renewed a couple of times. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> we were shooting outside. We we could be without a mask. Um yeah, no, you know, people still do what they yeah. do, and like, yeah, there's yeah. mask on set, but offset, there's, you know, you can or not, and whatever, just life. Yeah. And so, yeah, 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 people were going down. Man, oh man. Well, so now that it's 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 uh it's going to be debuting on on Hulu on August 16th. Um, what what's uh, are you are you guys screening it in theaters at all? Is it getting is it getting some big screen uh, big stream stuff too? We're gonna have a screening this week at Vidiots, which uh, with uh, KCRW partnering, partnering, which is really exciting. Um, you know, it's complicated times right now. Um, Way so, up, yeah, yeah, yeah. We won't uh, get into that. <laughs> I think this is this will be an exciting um, um, screening. I um, it's at a place that is sort of a temple for movies, so that's really exciting, especially yeah. this movie that references so many other movies. Right, and hopefully we're gonna get a lot of Latino uh, teens and youths in there, and um, so yeah. yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to that uh, screening, and then uh, you know, hopefully people like it and tell their friends, and and you know, well, it, it, I'm gonna be talking about it on the podcast a lot, man, because um, awesome, and I think it's man. I think it's gonna tap into something. I think you got something here that people are gonna tap into. I think young people are gonna love it too. Uh, it's called Miguel Wants to Fight. It's on Hulu and it starts on August 16th. I, it's one of the, I actually think it's one of the best films I've seen all year, man. I really loved it. And, oh, um, man. Thank you. I do want to mention also, everybody should check out Bupkis, for God's sake. Uh, oh, yeah. And you did episodes of Keenan. You worked on AP Bio. Kevin can fuck himself. Uh, Shrill. You worked on Maya and Marty. Uh, Vampires versus the Bronx is another thing. Uh, your work is great, man. I think you're an extraordinarily talented guy. I love the... Uh, 
the docuseries that you did. And I'm thrilled that, uh, that this feature is so fucking good, man. And, uh, and I'm, I'm so happy that you were able to join me. And thank you very much. I really, really appreciate it. And yeah. shout, shout out to Detroiters too. <laughs> Something oh like yeah, Detroit. Oh God. Oh my God. Oh my God, Detroiters. And and then now I think you should leave now. Uh, uh, is just fucking hilarious. Uh, those guys it's are unbelievable. The best. Those guys are yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. No, I mean you've done you've done so many great, uh, so much great work, and all the you know the, you know the short stuff that you did, and then the sitcom stuff that you did, and, and then TV stuff. But this as a feature, dude, this is great work, man. It's just great work. Thank you very much. So, really appreciate it. All right. My thanks to uh, Oz Rodriguez. Congratulations. And uh, get, hyd- are you hydrated? Do you need some water right now? You good? I think I'm good. And definitely okay. I'll be uh, drinking some more when we sign off. But so far, so good. <laughs> okay, man. Uh, well, good luck with all that. Miguel wants to fight uh, debuts on Hulu on August 16th. If you're listening to this after August 16th, why are you not watching Miguel Wants to Fight right now? That's my question to you. That's right. <laughs> all right. All right, Oz. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Have a great okay, day, buddy. Man. Take care. There you go. Uh, that's uh, Oz Rodriguez, uh, and the movie, again, is called Miguel Wants to Fight, and uh, just a thrill. And some of the stuff that he did on SNL, and if you want to see creating Saturday Night Live, it's out there. It's digital. He won, an, uh, he won an Emmy for it, and it is probably one of the greatest documents that you can have about what it's like to make Saturday Night Live. And that's what this episode is all about. It's about Saturday Night Live. All these episodes are. But, yeah, creating Saturday Night Live, find it there, and Miguel Wants to Fight Oz Rodriguez's feature. It's fantastic and wonderful and funny, and ah, it's a glorious movie, and you should check it out. Hulu, uh, and that's where it's playing, and it starts on August 16th. All right, and that'll do it for this episode of That Show. Hasn't been funny in years. My thanks to Oz Rodriguez uh, for joining us, and make sure you see his movie. Once again, it's called Miguel Wants to Fight. It's available on Hulu starting on August 16th, and it's really, really worth seeing. So my thanks to you for checking us out here on uh, That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years. You can check out my other podcast, the Nick D Podcast, as well as so many other terrific podcasts that are available at the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. My thanks to Jason Skaggs, who does all the music and the themes. My thanks to Ed, who works at at Radio Misfits. Um, You can check us out, rate and review us on all of those places. If you want to leave voicemail messages for either of my podcasts, it's 773-417-6948. We want to hear from you you email anytime nickdpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to sponsor any of the podcasts at radio misfits sales at radiomisfits.com we'll see you next time for that show has been funny in years and again thanks to jason skaggs for the opening theme and this closing theme right here again thanks for listening we'll see you next time that show has been funny in years an snl podcast i'm nick digilio thanks again Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.